Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. All right. All right. Well, glad to be here with you again. Uh, this is week three in a, a series that we've been journeying through called Living and Growing in the Fullness of Christ. And I'll just give a little quick uh, recap for those who have been here, summary for those who weren't here, just kind of where we're at and where we're going. Uh, We've been talking about learning and growing in the fullness of Christ. We start out with this picture called Shifting the Focus. This is something a bunch of pastors and leaders are wrestling through is the difference between helping someone become a fully devoted follower of Christ or what we affectionately call our American cultural Christianity. And the basic difference, one is where you invite Jesus to be part of your life for the purpose of making your life better. The other one is where you give your life to him for the purpose of furthering the kingdom of God. And I won't say more importantly, but just as importantly, that you would experience the fullness of what God has for you. And the scripture driving this is Ephesians 4, where it says that Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers for the purpose of equipping people for works of the service that we would be built up unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And what we've come to recognize is maybe we haven't done a great job of describing what this fullness of Christ is, that it's much more than just getting a ticket to heaven so we can go there when we die, but it's about living in the fullness of relationship with him now. And so our next picture, this kind of uh, visual we've been using to talk about this, is these three things. One is this personal relationship this intimate, dependent relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That that's a reality of our life. It's not just a theological truth, but it's a, it's a reality in our life today. Personal transformation, that we're no longer the same, that there is freedom, there is peace, there is joy, there is wholeness, there is healing, that all those things, again, are not just for when we get to heaven, but God wants us to have those now. And then the third piece, obviously, is the disciple lifestyle. We'd be living that out. We'd be loving, serving, and sharing, and being Christ-like in our lives and in our community. So that's where we really believe God desires. That's what God desires for us. And so the next thing we did is we did a little kind of a awareness, personal awareness. Where are you in that? Where are you at in experiencing the fullness of what God has for you? And this is something we don't just do whatever two weeks ago when we did it. This is something we do all the time, right? We wake and we say, God, what is it you desire for me in my relationship with you, in my own formation and transformation? Anybody here a finished product? Okay, good. <laughs> right? We got, we got more to go. There's more to grow. There's more to be experienced. And so to be attentive and aware of that and asking God, what do you have for me? What do you want for me in these different areas of our lives? And then, of course, the question becomes, once God shows us what he wants, is do we want what God wants? If God wants me to be free, do I want to be free? Right? If God wants me to be fully trusting him, do I want to fully trust him? And so those are real questions that we have to answer, and we have to ask and answer and ask and answer over and over again the rest of our lives. It's because God wants so much for us, and we really need to say yes to that. Amen? Sometimes it's easy. Yeah, I want that. Sometimes, I don't know if I want that, because I kind of like what I got. So that's the reality. Um, I love Jeff, but let's be honest today. <laughs> let's be honest in worship. Let's be honest now. Let's be honest about where we really are. Do we really want what God wants? Because sometimes, quite frankly, we don't. Um, so the next thing we talked about was this idea of using the, the vine and the branch, John 15. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch. And the vine being connected is really, that's that relationship piece, that we have to be connected to him. And then the transformation, that's pretty soon the branch starts looking like the vine. If you stay connected to Jesus long enough, you'll start looking Christ-like, right? The Christ-likeness. And then the lifestyle, the fruit is, that's what happens. As we stay connected, as we stay in that relationship, then transformation begins to happen. So that's kind of summary. Last week, we talked about the relationship piece and how important that is, what God desires for us in our personal relationship. 
that he wants us to have this intimate, dependent relationship with him. We shared the good news, right? The three good news is that Jesus shared. Jesus shared the good news of the Heavenly Father. He shared the good news of who he was. And before he left, he shared the good news of the Holy Spirit. He said, when I leave, the Father will send the helper. You'll never be alone again. And Holy Spirit in you, you'll be able to live out this life. Last week, I probably left you with the challenge of reading John chapter 13 through 17. The last few hours, he was alone with his disciples. It's all red letters. And he explained these three relationships. This is who the Father is. This is who I am. This is who the Holy Spirit is. This is how you will make it after I'm gone, <laughs> is by living in the reality of these three relationships. So very, very important, the relationships. It's the basis. It's the foundation. It's really the source of everything as we try to move forward. Otherwise, we'll try doing all the right things, all the lifestyle things, all the transformation things, without the right stuff without that intimate, dependent relationship with God. So, and as we talked about last week, it changes your life. Everything changes when you know you have a Heavenly Father, when you know you have a master, when you know you have a helper and teacher and friend. Life changes the way you live your life, the way you spend your time, your energy, your resources. It will change. And then last week, those of you here, we ended by taking communion. And communion is that time where we remember what Jesus did. Right, the song we just sang, and Jesus hung on the cross, and he paid the price. And he paid the price so that we could live in relationship with him now, not just so we could go to heaven. So we took communion remembering what Jesus did, but also remembering why he did it. So that brings us to where we are now. My prayer and hope is that you're getting hungry for more of what God wants for you. How many of you are getting hungry? Do you want more? It's, that's kind of a prerequisite, right? We've got to be hungry. I was meeting with a group of pastors this last week, and we asked this question, is, is the role of leaders to feed you, or is it to help you get hungry? Because if you get hungry, guess what you'll do? You'll eat. <laughs> you'll find food if you get hungry. Is there spiritual food out there anywhere? Everywhere, right? Like 24-7, you could be learning and growing, you know, the internet, podcast, all that kind of stuff, right? Sunday morning is, if it's Sunday morning is the only feeding you're getting, you're going to starve, right? So our job is not just to feed you, but it's to help you be hungry. And sometimes that's helping you know what you ought to be hungry for. And so that's why I believe God has me here for these few weeks is to help you realize, oh, my goodness, there's something. I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for peace. I'm hungry for joy. I'm hungry for freedom. I want that, right? And not to settle for less than that. So that's where we are. And this morning what we're going to talk about is we're going to look at what God desires for us in the area of this personal transformation, um, what does God want for us, and how do we embrace it, cooperate with it, grow, and experience this transformation? So that's where we're going today. How many of you came here expecting to leave the same as you came? Mm, good, good, good. Unfortunately, sometimes we do. <laughs> we come, we figure we're going to leave just the same way we came. Well, I hope that's not the case today. Let's pray. Father God, we start again with a confession that you are God and we are not. And God, it is by your grace, it is by your mercy, it is because of your incredible love that you have transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So we are yours, and we say thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price so that we might have relationship with Heavenly Father, yourself, and Holy Spirit each and every day, and we want more of that. God, I pray you would help us to be hungry for more of the things you have for us as we talk about transformation today. I pray that you would stir up in us a desire to want to be transformed, to not leave here in the same way we came. So we trust that to you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So transformation, simple definition is it's a change in the nature of something. The nature of something changes. It gets transformed from one thing to another. It looked like this, and now it looks like this. Right? The kids used to have those transformers. They went from cars to crazy robots or something, right? But they change. The nature of something changes. And we read in Scripture, we read in Second Peter, uh, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We can participate in a divine nature. There's a new nature for us to participate in. And the word, the good news is, says God has given us everything we need for that. And where does it come from? How do we get it? It comes from the knowing him, right, and knowing his great and precious promises for us. It comes in that knowing. It comes in that relationship. So these are the things that help bring about the transformation and cause us to participate in the new nature. So as we talk about personal transformation, we have to remember we have to do it in the context of personal relationship. If we're not living this personal relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, transformation is going to be difficult or maybe even impossible, <laughs> right? So we have to remember it's always in the context of recognizing this relationship that we're dearly loved by the Father, we're under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in our consciousness and awareness of that that we begin to believe for and experience the formation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. It happens as we recognize that relationship and we begin to believe that there is a new nature for us to experience. So personal transformation involves a new, being a new creation, new identity, a new nature, and a new life, a different life. Our life will not look the same. So are we the same? Do we look the same? How many of you look different or are different because of your relationship with Christ? Hopefully there's some difference that has happened, right? So our, our lives are not the same as they were. Are our lives different from the rest of the world? Hopefully. <laughs> that, that might be a little different question. Um, one of the things used to drive me crazy was probably back in the 80s or 90s, they had this bumper sticker that said, Christians aren't perfect, just what? Forgiven. Christians aren't perfect, which is code for we're just as sinful as you are. <laughs> right? We're really not that much different than you, but we're forgiven. And that ought not to be, right? Are we supposed to be different? Yeah. And the truth is, you can't be connected to the vine for any length of time and not start looking different. I believe you can't be part of the body of Christ for any length of time and not be different than you were before. In Ephesians 4, the scripture, that whole chapter talks about the, the body of Christ, this beautiful picture of growing, maturing together. And it says in there, though you get down towards the end, it says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, separate from the love of God because of the ignorance that is in them and due to the hardening of their hearts. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him, accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. 
So it says there's a new identity for us to live, that we ought not to look the same. We ought not to look just like the world. There's a new identity, new nature that's different. So we need to confess the things of this world are not the things of God's kingdom. Amen? Right. I mean, it's true. First John, he, he kind of summarizes it all for us. He says this. He says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all of that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away, and also it's lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. So he says the things of the world, the pleasure, the possessions, the positions, right, the things that we call success, those are not from God. They're not from his kingdom. Those things are from the world. And if we're his and we're living in relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we're being transformed into the likeness of Christ and living in a manner worthy of our calling, then we will be different. We will look different. People ought not to confuse us with the rest of the world because that's how they'll know that there is a God. Remember, we want people to see our lives and go, there must be a God. How could she be like that? There must be a God, <laughs> right? Jesus Christ must be who he said he is. And that person must be a child of God. So there ought to be a difference. You agree with that? And we do, we do need to agree with that. Because otherwise we have this kind of thing going, well, we're going to look just like everybody else. No one will recognize us unless they see the little cross on our bumper sticker or something. And it's like, no, we ought to be different. There ought to be a difference in our lives. And the world will see that. So for the sake of our time together, we recognize there is some transformation that needs to happen. We ought not to be just as selfish, angry, bitter, fearful, anxious, greedy, worried, lonely, judgmental, or self-centered as the world. There ought to be a difference. So that's the good news, right? <laughs> There ought to be a difference. It is good news. Uh, God desires so much more for us than what we might settle for. So he wants us to experience this. So what is it that God desires for us in this area of personal transformation? And how do we embrace it and cooperate with this new identity and new nature that God wants us to have? So first, let's look at our identity in light of what God has done and in light of the relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And some of this will be reminiscent from our last week together. First scripture we're going to look at it for our identity is 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Right? And we sung about that again this morning. We are children of God. Galatians 3, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all who, ha all who were baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves, yourselves with Christ. And then 1 Corinthians, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, back to our relationships, he is in you, who you have received from God, you are not your own, exclamation point, you are not your own. John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Again, our identity, we're friends with Jesus. In Ephesians 2, for you are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. And we'll talk about more of that next week as far as the good works God has prepared us to do. And then Ephesians 2, finally, consequently, because of all this, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Right? We're part of his household now. So this is who God says we are. 
there's a prerequisite. Obviously, we're talking about if you have by faith accepted the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he came, he gave his life that we might be reconciled to God. We have confessed him as Savior and Lord and have chosen to accept his adoption by the grace of God into his family. If that's true, then this is who we are. We are children of Almighty God, have this loving Heavenly Father, we're friends of Jesus Christ, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, we're not our own, we're fellow citizens and members of the body of Christ. So that is who we are. We've been adopted into the family, grafted into the vine, transferred in the kingdom of light, whatever terms you want to use. This is a real thing that has happened, right? That has happened. If, indeed, we have accepted, not accepted Christ into our life, we've accepted the fact that he is who he says he is. <laughs> and he paid the price. And so we accept adoption into his family. I was trying to explain uh, salvation to someone. I, I said, it's like you're being adopted, and Jesus has done all the paperwork. He's paid all the fees, but you have to say, yes, I want to be adopted into this family. And so, so if we have said that, then this is who we are. By the grace of God, by the love of God, and for the glory of God, we are his. So we need to just agree with that, accept our identity, believe that, trust in that. Um, and I guess I just want to pray right now, because so, maybe not everybody in the room has done that. Maybe not everybody in the room has said yes to God, yes to Jesus. Yes, I believe, I trust, I want what you want, which is for me to be part of your family, part of your body. So we can do that right now. So, Father God, I just ask right now that you would assure in each one of our hearts, for those of us who are pretty sure we've said yes to you, that you would help us to say yes afresh if we need to. If, we're, if folks are here this morning have not said yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the one who has redeemed and reconciled us so we can have relationship with Heavenly Father and Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, God, that you would cause us to say yes to you. Again, for the first time, uh, fresh, or as a commitment, that yes, we are yours. We accept our identity. We accept the fact of who you say we are, that we are children of a living God. We are disciples and friends of Christ, and we are vessels and hosts of Holy Spirit, and we are not our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So with that being done, we have a new identity. And this new identity implies a new nature. It says, once we were an alien to God, now you're a child of God. Um, so being an alien from God and being a child of God, how quick can that transition happen? Like pretty quick, right? For some in the room, that may have just happened. Right? That can happen pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, I can say, yes, I want to be adopted into your family. I want to be part of your kingdom. So that happens immediately, if you will. But does our whole nature change in that moment? No. <laughs> like I had that immediate thing happen October 9th, 1980. So, and I believe I was a child of God. I've been forgiven, free, all that stuff, right? But the nature didn't change. A lot of my nature didn't change for 10 years because I didn't even know my nature was supposed to change. I just had that ticket to heaven, right? So sometimes we accept the identity but we haven't really accepted the new nature. We haven't experienced the new nature because that can take a long time. Some things have taken a long time in my life. Some things are still taking time. You can ask my wife. She's here. Some things are still taking time, right? 
Transformation doesn't happen overnight, but in the kingdom of God, it happens. And that's what I want to remind you of today. It happens. So I'm afraid what has, here's my, here's the fear. Or I don't know if it's a, I'll say it because this is the way I wrote it down. I'm afraid that many believers have accepted the new identity that God has provided in Christ, but they have not sought the new nature that God desires for them and will form in them if they want it. So we can accept the new identity, but there's a new nature that God desires for us to live in. And so we can say we're Christians, we're Christ followers, we're children of God, etc., yet we do not have the nature of Christ in us. And this is a bit confusing to the world. And that's why many times they write us off as hypocrites or imposters, right? Because you're saying one thing, but they don't see that nature. Make sense? I know you may not want to say amen. We can say, oh, no, right? But it's true. But I really believe that's, that's kind of the issue. We've accepted the identity, and I think, I believe that is our identity. But we're not, we don't have that nature about us yet because we have not chosen to pursue it. We have not known it was supposed to be pursued, right? We did not believe it was possible. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because I think that's a big part. We don't believe it's possible. So anyway, so bottom line is there's this formation and transformation to be done in our lives. It's one thing to be adopted into the family. Now I've got to learn the family ways. I've got to learn the nature of the king, right, the nature of the brothers and sisters, how we treat each other. So there's a formation or transformation that needs to be done. Scripture many times talks about this transformation in terms of putting off the old and putting on the new. In 2 Corinthians it says, Therefore... Therefore, because of all that God did, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, right? It's not us. It's not us transforming. It's not us making ourselves a new nature. It is of God. It is of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. He did that work. Now we're connected. Ephesians 4 talks about to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. So there's a nature of God in us that is created to be righteous and holy. Do you believe that? Amen. Anybody experiencing a ton of that? Some of that, right? right? Again, it's possible. I, think it, I believe it's possible. Uh, Colossians 3 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy... And dearly loved, again, that's back to identity and relationship with God. Dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. That's the new nature. That's the nature of God in us. Compassionate, kind, humility, gentleness, patience. So that is the new nature that God has for us. Um, and we know enough of the old nature, right, the flesh nature. Um, Reading read Galatians where he talks about the old nature, Galatians 5, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, <laughs> right? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, the list is going on and on, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this do not inherit the kingdom of God. So the old nature is obvious, very easy to see, very easy to see in our world, very easy to see in our own, in our own lives. That's our old nature. But 
the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, the nature of the Spirit of God in us is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is the new nature that God desires for us. And he wouldn't tell us that if it wasn't possible, would he? Would he say, these are all the things I desire for you, but they're probably not possible? You probably really can't have them? Or they're only for when you get to heaven? I think he tells us all these things because they're possible. Because he wants them for us. Throughout the letters of the New Testament, we see this new nature, this new life being described. And many times it comes with this context. It's the therefore preface. Because of all this, because of what God has done, and because you have accepted that relationship with him, therefore, right, or because you are in Christ, this is what it looks like, because you are a new creation, therefore you are children of God, therefore you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, so things are supposed to be different. Therefore, things will be different in our life because of what God has done. So this is the forming and the Christ-likeness in us. Uh, in Corinthians, I don't have this scripture up there, I'll read this. As we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this is the ongoing work in our lives. We are continually being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ with ever-increasing glory. So God wants us to be living in this transformed life, experiencing new identity, experiencing new nature, and having a different life. you agree with that? So this is, this is what God wants. Then, of course, is it what we want? But I think a couple questions, well, what we want is one of the questions. The other one, is it possible? Do you believe it? Do you believe this is possible? And I think we have a challenge with that. What's keeping us from experiencing this if this is what God has for us? And I proposed a couple things. One is I think we've accepted some identities that aren't God's identity for us. Right? We've accepted the identity of being on the outside, being orphans, being unworthy, right? being sinners who will never be good enough. We've accepted some identities that really keep us from participating in the transformation that God has for us. And the other thing I think we've done is we have settled for less. We've settled for things that are not what God has for us, but they're kind of okay. Again, in our pastor's group, we were talking about how much of the time the goal is just give me enough of God to get by, right? And once we get by, we just keep getting by. Next thing you know, we're 10, 20, 30 years old, and we're getting by. And we've given up on believing that we can be transformed. Those things that are broken in us, we just assume they're broken. I'll work around them. God, help me work around this brokenness. And we're not even praying for wholeness. We're not even praying for healing, right? We're praying for help me deal with my brokenness. Help me work around my brokenness. So we've just settled for things that we shouldn't be settling for. One of the pastors said, we settle for forgiveness when we could have freedom. I'm so grateful God just forgives me for my sin. And I don't even look for freedom. I'm just glad he keeps forgiving me, right? It's like, wait a minute, is, is freedom possible? Is freedom possible? And I, I used to believe freedom was not possible. When I saw people that acted like they were free, I thought, they're acting like they're free. <laughs> they're not free. They're just acting like it. They do a really good job acting like it because I believed I couldn't be free. So I was pretty sure if I couldn't be free, they couldn't be free. Well, guess what? You can be free. 
Anybody been set free from something? Freedom is possible. But if you don't believe it's possible, then you're not even looking for freedom. You're looking for a little bit of how do I get around my bondage? How do I live in the midst of this bondage that has me? The reason, and again, this is common knowledge with many leaders and pastors. The reason we teach sin management and behavior modification is because we don't believe in freedom and transformation. We're not sure people can be set free, so we teach them how to just manage their sin a little better so it doesn't hurt too many people, right? And we don't believe people can be transformed, so we give that angry person tools on how to be nicer because we don't believe they can be transformed. Crazy, right? If God is who he says he is. If God is who he says he is, that's crazy. We've got to start believing for freedom and transformation and not settling for sin management and behavior modification. It sells lots of books and does lots of classes, but, but it's short. It's short of what God has for us. Amen? Oh, no? One of those? Okay. Because Scripture says in our, one of our songs this morning, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. If that's what Christ came and lived and died and rose again for, then by God, we ought to go for that. We ought to go for freedom. So anyway, we got to cut to the chase here. Obviously, there's a lot that we could talk about. There's lots that we could process in all this stuff, and it needs to be done. One of the things we desperately need within the church is more time to process together, right? Because you'll hear things today that you really need to talk to somebody about and wrestle with. But if you just go home and have no place to wrestle with that, by Tuesday, yeah, what was that about freedom? I don't know. <laughs> I'm busy managing my sin. I kind of have time to think about freedom, right? So we've got to find places to come together and, and talk and wrestle with these things. So there's lots more we could talk about, but for today, here's where I want to uh, land today to launch us today into that next level of freedom and peace and joy in our own lives is today we need to know that in Christ we do have a new identity. Because of what he did, we do have a new identity. We are children of God. We are his friends, his disciples. Temple. So we have to agree with that. We know that. And then we need to believe that transformation is possible because of what God has done and provided. He has given us everything necessary for it. So we have to confess today, even if it's against the deepest fear in our heart, we have to confess, I believe it's possible. I believe I can be transformed. I've been the same way for 50, 60 years, but I believe God can transform me. have to believe that it's possible and not just that it's possible, but that it's probable, right? Like it could probably happen. I could probably be healed. I could probably be made whole. Big difference between believing it's possible and probable. We quote the scripture, yeah, if I had you know, faith and mercy, I'd tell Mount Rainier to move, and it would move. I believe that's possible, <laughs> right? Is it probable? Most of us would probably say no. Okay but it's probable that we can be transformed, that we can be different because of the Spirit of God in us. Again, it all comes out of that relationship with him and who he is in light of that, and it is possible that we can do that. So, um, I have to say this, because it comes down to this. A lot of this is hinges on us trusting him for the transformation. A lot of this stuff hinges on us surrendering to him. I really believe there's a lot of things of the fullness of Christ that we will never experience this side of surrender. 
that until we surrender, we're really just not going to experience some of those things. At some level, our ways and God ways, God's ways are not compatible. For me, what, one of the things that happened in my life several years back was praying for more of God, more of God, more of God. And, and very clearly, God said to me, he said, Bill, there's not room in there for both of us. If you're three quarters full of yourself, there's only about a quarter room left for me. <laughs> and so you have to make a decision. Part of having more of God is having less of self. The good news is God's in the business of that transformation. The bad news is he leaves the decision up to us. We have to say, yes, God, I do want more of you and less of Bill. You know. Amen? Oh, no. So someone's going to have to give in, right? And I, my hunch is and my hope is it's not going to be God. I think he's going to hold out until we give in and surrender and say, yes, God, I want what you want. I want more of you. So, so here's where we are today. Uh, personal transformation, what does it mean for you today? Oh, I forgot that you all have those cards on your, on your seats. Some of you may have been taking notes on identity or nature. Maybe you haven't. That's quite all right. But the next part is not optional. The next part we, um, we're going to look at together. And this is that question of what does it mean for you today? Personal transformation. What does God want for you today? What do you need today? Not just the new identity, but the new nature, the change, the peace, the joy, the freedom, the healing. So, so on those sheets, what I'd like to do is um, we're just going to take some time and listen, but ask the question, what does God want for you in the way of transformation? And on your sheet there, I think I put it in the context of from to, transformation from this to that, because transformation is a change. And so when you think about that, think about transformation from one nature to another. So if my nature is selfish and self-centered, what new nature would I want? In the semi-natural, in our behavior management, we would say, well, I'm self-centered and selfish, but I need to be more thoughtful of others. Right? So instead of being self-oriented, I need to think about others more. Nature means my new nature is I'm others-oriented. See the difference? So it's a difference in hanging on to an old nature and trying to get it to do new things. It's like trying to get the flesh to do spiritual things. You can do it for a while, but not for very long. I was meeting with a friend this week, and he said, man, I, I, I do good for a while, and I have victory, but I, but I just can't do it for very long. And I said, the problem is you're the one doing it, <laughs> right? You're trying to have the old nature do the right thing, and the old nature can only do the right thing for a certain period of time. There has to be a new nature. So when you look at transformation, transformation from one nature to another. So I'm, so I'm fearful. That's my nature. I worry about things. I'm afraid of things. So what is the new nature that you believe God desires for you? What is the new nature you need? I can't go another week being this fearful. I need a new nature. I need transformation, right? I'm, I'm angry. I'm bitter. But I know at work I should act nicer. <laughs> Again, don't let me be angry and bitter anymore, God. Bring transformation. Bring me the nature of kindness and gentleness and, and caring for others. Right? Take away the bitterness. Help me forgive people. Help me to let go of those things I've been hanging on to. Where do you need freedom in your life? Right? 
I have this nature, right, where I'm, I'm arrogant, I'm prideful. God changed that nature in me. So I'm going to quit talking and just kind of pray a little bit here. But honestly, write some things down on your sheet there. You know the natures. And if, you, if different language helps you, if you think of it as here's a bondage I need freedom from, right? My, my bondage of control, I need to be in control of things. I know that's not who God wants me to be. I know it's not the nature he wants me to have. But again, we're being honest here this morning. and we're, we're, I hope we're not going to leave the same as we came, right? So I'm going to just pray, and you guys just write some things down, and then we'll come back together, and we'll, we'll pray, and we'll uh, do some things as the Lord leads. But the belief is that it's possible. Transformation is possible. And I want you to start believing that it's probable, right? That a month from now, some of you are going to stand up in this room and say, transformation was possible. It actually is happening in my life. I'm no longer in bondage to control and, and selfishness and these kind of things. I'm no longer in bondage to these, these sins and things that torment me. I'm free from those things because I figured it out. No, because God is who he said he is, right? He has the power to transform lives. We don't. So let me pray. You guys write some things down, and we'll, uh, we'll come back and um, share and pray over some things together. Lord, I just ask right now that you would, Holy Spirit, you would speak to each and every one. God, you would show us what you want for us. Help us be aware of areas of bondage or brokenness or um, bitterness or selfishness. Just different things that we know are not the nature of Christ in us. Help us to be bold and write those down. Call them out, so to speak, for what they are. And then, God, I pray you would give us glimpses of the new nature, the nature that's possible in you, that we can have freedom and peace and joy. We can be gentle and kind and loving. We can be humble. We can trust you. Again, God, this is your work, so I pray each and every one would hear from you. They don't need to hear from me. need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. God, we thank you that this is good news, even though parts of our flesh may, may be a little restless, not sure that it wants what you want, and that's no surprise. Your word says in Galatians that the flesh and the spirit are in opposition to each other. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even like each other. So it's no surprise that we feel that tension. But Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would prevail. <laughs> Some of us are or need to be very tired of the flesh. And we just want your spirit. We want freedom. We want peace. We want joy. So thank you for the good news that you have a remedy for our situation <laughs> and that it's found in you 
it's found in trusting you and surrendering to you, believing you, relying on you, not ourselves. All right. Everybody got some things written down or some things in your mind that you're aware of? My hunch is we all need a little more formation, transformation. We're all in different places. The good news is we're his. We're in good hands as long as we stay in his hands. So what I think I'd like to do, not I'd like to, I think what God wants us to do is to, uh, we're going to pray over some of these things, and we're going to believe that God can do the miracle because it is a miracle. And that this is a moment where transformation can happen. Some things can happen in an instant, right? God can help us forgive. God can help us let go of things. God can break bondages in a moment. And some transformation seems to take time. But it's a miracle nonetheless. It's the miracle of the moment or it's the progressive miracle where we put ourselves in the hands of a living, loving God, and we say, God, have your way in my life. And I'm going to believe you, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to cooperate, and I'm going to stand up one day and testify that freedom is possible, that healing is possible, that wholeness is possible, that the fruit of the Spirit in my life is possible. So uh, here's, here's my thought, and so we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, Again, hopefully it's not my thought. Uh, let's stand up. And we're going to... Yeah. <laughs> let's stand up. And um, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray over these things. But what I feel like we need to do is to just... Some of you just say it out loud. Call out what it is you want to be changed from. What it is you need freedom from. So whether it's self... Whatever that is, just call out that word... We'll have however many people want to call out that word, and then we'll, then we'll call out the word of this new nature. Right? So let's just call some of those out. Just say the, say the one word, and, and then we'll say the other word, and, and then we'll pray, believing that God is the one who will bring that transformation in our lives. So let's, here, here's some words. Let's yell, yell out some words there that you want freedom from, transformation from. Frustration. Pride. Depression, anger, fear, control, doubt, loneliness, worry, Yeah, God, we call these things out in your presence, and we confess that they are not the nature that you desire for us. We confess that they are a nature that comes from our human nature, no surprise, but God, it is a nature that we know is not what you have for us, and so we call it out and we say, no more. We don't want to live in that place anymore, that place of bondage, of fear, of anger, of doubt, of pride, those things we want to be transformed out of into a new nature. Let's call out some of those new natures that we know God wants for us. Joy, love, trust, faith, forbearance, community, freedom, hope, patience, 
gentleness, strength. Yeah, God, we confess these are the things that you desire for us. These are that nature of Christ in us that we want. And outside of your power, your presence, your provision, we are not capable of experiencing those. And so, God, we confess right now that we want what you want. Uh, God, we desire that you would bring about that transformation. Uh, Jeff, if you guys could head up here soon. Uh, sorry for the interruption there, God, but Lord... Lord, God, help us. Help us to believe. Help us to trust you. Help us to proclaim, God, that freedom is possible. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, and we want that. I love the words in those songs. I wrote it down here where it said uh, uh, something like, look where my chains are now. That's why I felt like God wanted us to stand up is because the chains, where are they? Right? They're on the floor. Look where our chains are now in light of who you are and what you have done and our confession and our expectation and our prayers. God, our chains can fall to the floor and we can stand up in you and we can expect this transformation. I pray right now over everyone here. God, I pray there are immediate transformations that happen today. I pray that people walk out here and they are not the same today, that bondages of years have been broken, that they never have to doubt and fear again or, or fall for that same old sin again. But God, you have broken those by the power of your spirit, by the power of the blood of Christ. And God, I pray for other transformations that are, that are this uh, progressive miracle that started today. People will remember today that on this day, I chose to believe. And I am seeing a difference, and my life is being changed, and it is not going to be the same. Lord, I pray that that is our testimony. I pray that's what you do. Again, by the power of your Spirit, we call on you, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father. God, bring about that change, the new identity, the new nature, the new life, that our lives are different from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together and proclaim together. Amen. 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 That's our proclamation. Who the Son has set free is free indeed, and that is us. And we want to live in that each and every day. So uh, quick quick, uh, couple things here. How to keep growing and experiencing this transformation that begins today. Stay connected in relationship with God, right? John 15, uh, uh, Jesus talks about the vine and the branch, and he says, abide in me. Some versions say, remain in me. I put you there. Remain. I transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Remain. Stay. Stay connected to God. Stay surrendered. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Relying on him. And share it with someone around you. Right? We desperately need one another to remind each other of those great and precious promises of God. On those days when they don't feel re- real, we need a brother and sister to remind us. This is the promise of God. This is the power of God. This is the call of God in your life. So those are some ways to keep leaning into that. Uh, next week, we're going to come together, and we're going to uh, talk about the last piece in our circle here, the disciple lifestyle, living it out. But just know this is what God has for us, right? He desires for us to live in this intimate relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he desires for us to live in transformation, a transformed life, peace, joy, freedom, wholeness. This is what he desires for us. And as we experience all of that, the living it out, will kind of happen like the fruit on the vine. It just kind of naturally happens. <laughs> it ought to happen. If we are his and we are living connected to him and we are transformed, the rest of it just kind of happens. And I hope I'm not oversimplifying that. But that's the power of God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So let me do a closing prayer. And then I think we might do that verse again just as we close up, can't we? 
again, Father God, thank you for what you're doing, God, and we confess it is you doing it. It is not us. It is not our best ideas, God. It is your, your promise. It is your uh, plan and your call for our lives. So just help us to keep saying yes to you. Help us to keep believing, keep trusting. And I do pray for relationships where we can share with one another, encourage one another, remind one another of what you have said, and that it's not just possible, but it's probable. And our lives will be the evidence so the world will know there is a God, Jesus Christ is his son, and those people belong to him. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.